0: Everywhere in special education. And that's exactly why I'm bringing you Kelly Weaver to the special education inner circle podcast. If you are a parent teacher, admin or therapist who sits at the IEP table, you are in the right place. Kelly, welcome to the special education inner circle podcast. We're so happy to have you here.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. This is a blast. I'm excited to share a little bit about uh, myself and, and where I've come from with um with your viewers and listeners.
0: I'm so excited. And we always start with, how did you end up at an IEP table?
1: Um, Well, I'm a parent. Um, That's how I started uh, my journey. Um, My daughter, Jillian, is now 22 years of age. So I have... I have run the whole gambit from diagnosis through all of the layers of education through transition. And now we're on the other side, as far as, you know, what happens and that proverbial, you know, cliff that we talk about. So we're, we're in the cliff. Um, So my first experience was after Jillian was diagnosed with autism. Um, She has nonverbal autism. um, And um, while she's got some really, really amazing skills, um, her academics aren't great. So we've been in special education since diagnosis. Um, She started in early intervention and then early childhood and then grade school. You guys know the drill. So she's been in special ed her whole life.
0: So you and I met a long time ago. We have um, a long history of working through the special education system together and and finding resources but my way of finding resources and working with parents and teachers and schools is very different than the path that you took so can you share a little bit about how things um, started for your daughter in special education and then you hit a dead end but something something else happened. happened go ahead and share a bit about that
1: so uh, Jillian started um, with, in ABA um, back in the day. So she started when she was two and a half um, with ABA services right after her diagnosis. And then she entered early childhood education, that three, four, five program. And what we found was that they really weren't equipped. And, and now guys, I'm going way back 20 years ago. So things have definitely changed and definitely improved. Um, however, there's a lot of similarities still, um, but we just found that they weren't equipped to manage her, her unique needs. Um, her level of autism. She's in that moderate to severely impaired um, area. And um, so I, what I was learning through ABA was making progress and she wasn't making the progress that I needed her to be um, making in the public school. Great teachers, lovely people, great speech paths, nice administration, wanting to work together and things along those lines, but still just not that level. So uh, I took matters into my own hands
0: and I started a school so um wait wait you you just said like very casually so I started a school I mean you know (laughs) yeah
1: it was it it really kind of was that way I I I don't I don't know people ask all the time they're like because I people come to me and say you know can I talk to you can I interview can you tell me how how you did it and and things like that and they're like it was so hard I'm like it really wasn't hard um it was you know one step in front of the other it was challenging um in a fun sort of way and i think when you're doing something for your kids um you don't you don't really know the full amount of what you're doing now looking back no 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 no. i don't think i would do it again but um but when you're in the process um and you really believe in something with your whole heart and you're doing it for your kiddos. It didn't seem that hard. Um, my girlfriend Dori Hovel, um, is the co-founder with me and she, and I, um, built it together. Um, and then she has since stepped away from the organization, um, and is on our board of directors. So, um, so I kind of took over, um, that full visionary component and have grown it for the last 15, 12, 15 years. So yeah, so I started. How old was your about-
0: daughter when you first started the process of starting the school?
1: So we've got kind of a weird background. Um, so my husband, Jillian's dad passed away in 2004. Um, and at that point in time, Jillie was just four turning five. So it's only been her and I am a, a true single parent. Um, and we were working with the school IEP meetings, so on and so forth. Um, we did due process and things like that, trying to, you know, you can either fix your situation uh, when you are in an IEP situation, when you're looking for your kiddos, you can either work together as a team and fix it, or you can come to an agreement that that something else needs to be looked at. And that's kind of where we were at. Um, and without my husband um, there, I really felt that the best thing for Jillian was to create something that would make sense for her. So she was five. When I started, um, Dory and I, one night, were sitting around having chop suey. Um, her son is Zach, and um, he is just six months younger than Jillian. And so we were sitting around having Chinese dinner one night, and we were talking about our kids and what we were going to do, and and if if they could just have everything that they needed without having to to ask or fight or hold an IEP meeting to get a weighted vest or or something along those lines. What would that look like? And in um, in our situation. Um, it looked like me looking, turning to her and saying, so you want to start school? And she was like, sure. And that was it. Um, and then it took us, um, we incorporated, we became a 501c3. We um, decided uh, that we wanted to be an ABA school um, because we had both worked home programs and we knew that that worked and it was the most evidence-based methodology for teaching kids with autism that, that we were aware of. Um, and so, yeah, so... In two thousand, That was 2004, the fall of 2004, and in 2007, uh, we opened up. So it took about three years to get all of that um, organized. Um, when we started, our building wasn't ready, um, and so we had our first building was in Lake in the Hills, and it wasn't ready, so we actually did start in the basement of my house. We had Jillian and one other student, a crazy parent that was willing to kind of join us on this journey. Um, and our building wasn't ready. And so we started in my basement. I I love
0: that. That's about where I met you at is about at that phase. So, um, when you put 2007 out there, I went, oh my goodness, it was, it was 2007 when you and I met because I had met a parent that was looking for an alternative placement and, um, I was helping him through the system. We were trying to, to do all the things and, um, The child was not making progress specifically in speech therapy with communication. I can remember this very clearly. And we found your school and you were not Illinois state board approved yet. Meaning that we could not get the district to pay for the child to go to your school because you were not approved. And I remember we actually came up with a solution that if you got approved, the child could go to your school and we were, that's how, that's how we got so long ago. It was so long ago, (laughs) But, but that's, that's where it just started from scratch. So I want everybody to hear that. You know, if you're a parent or a teacher and you're like, what do I do to make things better? You know, Kelly says it wasn't that difficult, but it took consistency. It took an idea. It took a community around you, even if it's a one other person, as the start of that community. But there are opportunities to do things differently, but it doesn't happen overnight either. So it took you several years to get going. You have a couple of students that are in the basement of your house. Then you move to the Lake of the Hills, which I can remember touring that location and seeing all the things that you had. It
1: was this big, it was 2,500 square feet. It was so small. And we were so proud because, you know, we had designed it ourselves and we built it out. We had a couple of treatment rooms. We had a motor room, we had a kitchen and we had some really great times in that space. But 18 months later, we outgrew that space. The need was so much. So We purchased the space next door to us, and we busted a hole through. So now we were in 5,000 square feet, and that only held us for another two years. And then we moved locations into Crystal Lake um, right up the road. We've always been on Route 31. Um, And then we had 10,000 square feet, and then we added buildings, and that wasn't working. And then um, about four years ago, we moved into our final space. We're in um, McHenry now um, in a beautiful 40,000 square foot space on 10 acres and we have a pond and, and we're out of space. <laughs> it's crazy. We're almost 50 students right now. Uh, capacity for their like shoulder to shoulder capacity pre COVID times um, is like 62 or 63. Uh, 50 is a sweet spot for us. We really, we like 50, but, um, and, and that's just who we have. And over the years, I think we've, we've serviced over hundred kiddos easily that have, Either reintegrated back into school because that is absolutely a possibility. Um, some that have moved out um, of state, um, some that have graduated and moved on. So, it's been a really um, beautiful thing. Um, it's Can been we it's talk been- about that just for a
0: second. So, so let's clarify. Your school is a private therapeutic day school. You have a very um, specific. Uh, ideal student is what I'm going to call, of of who fits into your program and the type of needs that you can support. And a lot of people, when they hear private therapeutic day school, they think of things like, I'm lowering expectations. I'm giving up. Um, I can't ever consider that because once my child goes to a private therapeutic day school, they'll never go back to public school. I can't do that. There's a lot of negativity that comes in that thought process Now, I feel totally different about that opportunity. My brother went to a private therapeutic day school way back in the 80s. Um, He started when he was about age eight and he graduated. um, And we're not going to talk about that experience. (laughs) It's wonderful. I could brag about it, I could talk about all the wonderful things that happen. So I'm very open minded when it comes to this full continuum of placements. Can you, from your perspective, give some words of of perspective about a therapeutic day school? Absolutely. Um, So I I can't
1: speak for all therapeutic day schools, but I can tell you that in general, we are specialists, the therapeutic day schools, and we all have our own individual niches. There's about 300 or more in the state of Illinois. um, And we're one of the few that is just Solely autism based. Now that doesn't mean that we have other eligibility. You know, we've had folks with Down syndrome and autism in the past. We've had deafness and autism, um, cerebral palsy and autism, and things like that. But autism is primarily um, who who we serve. And unfortunately, as we all know, those rates of autism are not going anywhere. They're not getting any better. So. Um, so there's plenty of students, and and I'm not suggesting that our school is the only school for autism, because I think our district partners do a very, very good job. Um, I think we all have to continue to work on IEPs and keep communication open, but there's great people in the public school, and I've seen really great things happen, like Dory, for instance, her son, Zach, who started the school with me, he's a public school kid um, and he went through the whole public school. So therapeutic day school is not for everybody, but it is for those people and those students that really need that extra, that smaller group, that more refined need, um, increased parent communication, um, just kind of slowing it down and kind of figuring out the reasons that maybe the student is not progressing or hasn't progressed thus far, right? We tend to be, in our school, we tend to be very um, investigative, you know, looking at what's worked in the past, what's been tried in the past, um, lots of case history, and trying to figure that out, and, and, and what's a different way in um, for our kids, and so that's part of what keeps us excited as educators, is finding that and unlocking something for our kiddos to, whether it's Increase in communication, or helping the kids to to self-regulate, or teaching them how to do chores around the house, um, and of course academics. Um, we are fully academic school. Um, most of our students are developmentally um, significantly below their academic or below their their um, their uh, their age level, but it doesn't really matter because we love them and work with them with where they're at and try to grow what they can do. So in my opinion, a therapeutic day school um, is a good thing. It's a, an appropriate step. So when um, an IEP team and including parents and so on and so forth find that a therapeutic day school is, a, is the most appropriate, um, I tell parents to embrace it. Um, I know that public school, sometimes there can be a lot of grief in leaving behind those public school thoughts and hopes and dreams. But I can tell you that when you come into a therapeutic day school, you're going your child is going to make some gains. And it's always an option to go back. It's always every year talking placement. If that student has grown to a level that they can reintegrate, that's a great thing and a win-win for everybody. And if they if they're not ready yet to return back, that's okay. They can continue on in therapeutic days. So yeah, so I think it's a positive thing.
0: I think it's a, a positive thing for my brother. Um, I know that he was um, not in a public school system that supported who he was as an individual, and they couldn't tap into where his abilities were. It was very generalized for him. And we had a lot of specific situations, um, where he made gains because the school knew him so well, because yeah. they were able to communicate at an entirely different level with him. And that was the right fit, again, not the right fit for everybody, but that's why we have a full continuum of placements.
1: Yeah, and I think when when we started the school, and and now, I mean, even today, I mean, it's how I run the school is you know what's the right next step for the kids. We're extremely student focused, and and bringing my vision and um, to build a school as a mom who has gone through due process and who's gone through IEPs and things like that, it kind of allows me to um, bring all those pieces in that that aren't part of public school. And because we're a private school, though we're a therapeutic day and we're approved by ISBE, you know, we get to do picture day very differently. We have professional photographer that comes in and does picture day. So parents can have a proud picture to put in those cards with their siblings. You know, at the holidays, you know, we know that our parents can't stand in line for Santa Claus. So we bring the same Santa who's been with us since year one. We bring him in and, and we create those customs, that parents wouldn't normally have that opportunity to do. Uh, we fully, fully cap gown graduate our kids um, and have full ceremonies for graduation. So things that that I think sometimes our parents grieve. I know I was grieving. Right, they're there because I know my daughter wasn't going to be able to experience those. So I, I kind of. I guess selfishly built them in for myself, but took a lot of other parents along with me. um, I knew I missed those things, you know? And so, um, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of the, the individualism that you can get um, in a therapeutic day, specifically what we do at our school.
0: Yeah. I always tell people that I didn't get to go on a senior trip my last year of high school. My brother went to florida to disney world with his therapeutic day school team and no parents like yeah, we're not we're not going to we're not going to disney world but okay, that's, cool. Don't go to disney that's world. really cool but, but he got this experience that a lot of other typical you know 18 to 22 year olds would have and, and he got that without the support of my mom or dad being there which was very awesome awesome. yeah it was a really big deal so let's talk about okay so we all know that um you know in the state of illinois our iep services end on the 22nd birth date that might be changing a little bit there's things in the talks but bottom line is pretty much across the country when you turn 22 unless you're in a specific state that might go to 24 or 26 services are over. And, um, I know that you are in the process of some more, uh, envisioning of what could be and setting some things up. And that's really why I wanted to chat with you today is I want parents and teachers to understand that ideas can become reality, that you can take your hopes and dreams and not wait for somebody else to put it out there. You can, really move things forward when you hit this dead end and find an opportunity. So you had another dead end happen. Let's just put it out there. Your daughter turned 22 yes. this End. this dang virus put a, you know, a, a, Oh my gosh, a kink would be, um, uh, <laughs> doesn't even cover it into things. So can you just share where, what are some of your visions? You made all these visions through. Sure. What are you working on now? Um, well, um,
1: I think this has always been part of the vision because I've always known that Jillian was going to be 22, right? I've always, always known that. And I've watched around me that things were not as progressing as quickly as she was aging. Does that make sense? Now, there's programs on the horizon. There's things. Things are so much better um, than they were when Jillian was diagnosed, right? Um, She was still in a cross-categorical class. Now they have autism classrooms. They never knew what ABA was, now you're finding that they're allowing your BCBA to come in and help to support. There's a lot of cool things that have happened over the years. But the bottom line was, is that post-secondary services were not growing at the rate that my daughter was aging. And so I've always known that there needed to be something after 22 Um, last year, um, prior to prior to COVID, we were this close to announcing the launch of um, our first phase of our day program, and that kind of got put on the sidelines Um, in in in. Instead, we created um, a hire-back program. We had two students that had graduated transition last year and, and have welcomed them back in a volunteer capacity to be able to get them to do something. And it's just right now, that's just for ELCA students. <clears throat> Excuse me. But we are planning a day program um, and we are planning um, adult-supported um, uh, adult living um, here in in the Northern Illinois suburbs um, where there's a lack of services. And um, Chicago is my home. My family is here. Uh, my business is here. My school is here, um, and Jillian is here. And so um, that's where it's going to be. Um, so we're in conversations right now for a day program, a different kind of day program than than you than you would. We're going to start to have some open forums, probably in the beginning of next year, to just kind of talk to people about what we're what we're doing and and gauge some interest. Um, I know there's, I know you deal with this every day, as do I, and there's just not a lot. Programs are either filled with waiting lines or only service certain types of students and things like that. So um, our program will have a work component into it. It's going to continue to have speech and OT um, and BCBA services. Um, There'll be um, uh, an LBS one, there'll be a recreation component that'll be part of it as well. Um, And that most likely will all be under one roof at some point in time with the with the living community that we that we develop. So,
0: so I love all of that. Like, awesome. like I can't I know, so to fruition. It's going to be, again, a lot of work. It's going to take the time. It's going to take the strategy, um, but it's possible. It's mm-hmm. absolutely possible. Can you leave us with some words of encouragement for okay. that parent teacher? Admin, therapist, that person who's sitting at the IEP table and they go home at night and, you know, just like you said, they're having chop suey with their spouse or their best friend or that. And they've got these visions and these dreams and they're scared to do anything about it. What's what's your word for them? What what do you have?
1: Um, I, I would say, you know, fear is also an endorphin. So I would say, take that fear, um, turn it into hope and action. Um, because if you don't, if you don't do something, it's all going to stay the same. And I think that's it. I really felt compelled that if I didn't pick things up, it was going to be the same for Jillian and that wasn't okay. Um, and it's not okay for, you know, all the other kids that we've helped. So, you know, you can quote, if you can dream it, you can do it. There's all those wonderful cliche things, but I just really think that you want to be part of the solution. Um, and if you don't do something, it won't change. And so I'm, I'm really proud of the work that we've been able to do. And, and I'm so excited um, to see other parents pick things up and start doing things on their own. And I'd love to see other educators, um, you know, if that, if that ugh, in your stomach, that pit of your stomach is flip-flopping, listen to it and, um, and be part of the solution.
0: I love that. I wanna encourage everybody that, um, I'm gonna put uh, the website for Kelly's school, at, so you guys can see what it is. She has one location. She already told me she's not expanding. No, no two. <laughs> do email her <laughs> But you can see it. You can see it as as what is possible. And um, I'm also going to put the link for the special education inner circle here for you. That's specialedinnercircle.com. That's where we continue our conversation, and I give you step by step, just a system that you can absolutely work together with your public school whether you're in the public school you're creating something um, that's going to be outside of the public school there's always possibilities and i can't wait to see you inside of the special education inner circle kelly thank you for being here today
1: oh my pleasure thanks for having me